welcome to Sleeves Rolled Up. I'm your host, Julia DeRota. When faced with the serious and complex needs of people in our society, many throw up their hands in exasperation. At the Salvation Army, however, we roll up our sleeves and get to work. In this podcast, you'll hear from guests who are determined to see people's lives transformed through their respective roles within the Salvation Army. State of the Nation is a comprehensive report released each year by our social policy unit that measures outcomes that impact on the well-being of the communities, whānau and individuals that the Salvation Army works with. In today's mini-episode, we talk about the housing catastrophe New Zealand is experiencing, the concerning social housing register numbers and why stable housing is central to our overall well-being. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Ronji, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, firstly, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and then also what your role is within the Social Policy Unit? Cool, well, Talofa, Julia, thanks for having me. Um, uh, name is Ronji Tanyilu, uh, born in Samoa, raised in the capital of the whole universe, which is Mangere in South Auckland. Mm-hmm. Uh, have uh, travelled the world and worked as a missionary overseas and now back at the Salvation Army uh, working uh, in the social policy and parliamentary unit. The way I describe my job is to be as disruptive and as troublesome as possible uh, for the Salvation Army, but ultimately uh, uh, for the Lord. Uh, William Booth had this quote that everything, that all the social services of the Salvation Army should be, should be pathways to the cross of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I am passionate in ensuring that I do my work in the social policy area but also am uh, unashamedly talking about the power of Christ to transform lives. Absolutely. So can you share with us a brief overview of some of the key findings um, about about the housing situation in New Zealand from the report? Yeah, well, this is the 15th uh, year that we've done State of the Nation. And to be honest, the housing chapter has always been one of the most difficult because of the massive challenges that exist in the housing area. We talk a lot about housing crisis in Aotearoa. Um, We actually challenged the narrative a bit. And in in this year's report, we wanted to say we maybe need to lift our thinking and our vision a bit more to say that it's an actual catastrophe. When you look at housing availability and affordability and debt, uh, these are really dark numbers, to be honest, Julia. We, mm. we, we, there is some good news. like There is an increase in the amount of houses that are being built. Uh, but what we don't know is whether we're getting enough social housing or housing for uh, poorer, more vulnerable New Zealanders uh, in, around the country. Uh, but again, uh, the focus of the Salvation Army is that sharper end of the housing continuum. If you think of housing like a, a, a big piece, of, a long uh, ruler, on one end is that sharp end, which is the, the those in emergency housing, those in a transitional housing in, in the register. And the other end of that ruler or that stick is um, is private home ownership. And so mm. the Army talks about a lot of those issues along that, that continuum, along that ruler or that stick. Uh, but actually, the, the our real focus is the sharper end. So unfortunately, the numbers were overall pretty bad in this year's report when mm. it comes to housing. Mm. I mean, a, a bad number is that the wait list for the social housing registers at an all-time high is over 25,000 applicants on the register. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And, and you know, can we expect that number to go down in the future or is it just going to get worse? Yeah, we believe it's probably going to get worse. I mean, there are, like I said, there is some good news that there's an increase in the, in the number of houses that, that are being built, but we can't tell 
properly from government numbers, whether we're building enough uh, social houses or state houses in the right areas to fit the right size families that we have on the register. And so I think right. that's, a, that's a challenge in and of itself. So that's, as you mentioned, 25,000 plus on the, on the register, Māori and Pacific disproportionately represented in that number again. Uh, and I think, you know, the, the challenge is the register is growing. Um, there is more houses being built, but we're not, we're not able to shift families along that continuum. We've still got about 10,000 people on the emerging, emergency housing list. Um, and so nearly half of those people are children. And so that's in a motel or a campsite or, or a caravan park, eh? not the safest places mm. for families. So the, that, that, that number there around 25,000, when you actually dig deeper into that, it really does show some gaps when it comes to making sure there's enough social houses being built to move people into. Uh, and unfortunately, the army is involved in, in some really cool work around transitional housing, which is another area of housing where it's mm -hmm. a government contract for 12 weeks. Um, and, and we're meant to work with families for 12 weeks, but often families are staying 20 plus weeks uh, in our transitional houses because we can't move them into a long-term, safe, affordable, warm house. And so it, it, there's just, there's just, uh, blocks and challenges right across that process or that system in terms of housing. Mm. And housing housing related debt is also continuing to increase. And that's pointing to the huge investment that, uh, that New Zealanders have in housing. Why is that a concern? Because I obviously have um, investing in, in real estate has been seen as the thing to do uh, in the past. Yeah, I think it yeah, yeah. And I think it's just a Kiwi dream. Eh? You have the mm. quarter acre dream and you have your home and have your batch. And, and again, uh, a lot of New Zealanders are doing pretty well in the housing market. Eh? Yes. You're, you're doing well if you're a property owner, if you're a landlord, if you're a developer. And so things are, are pretty good. So, look, you know, this is not completely uh, dark numbers or statistics for them. What we're saying is that when you see housing-related debt go up, that shows that we continue to be fascinated with investing into houses um, as Kiwis and not investing into stocks and bonds and other sorts of investments that can generate wealth. And so, again, that shows that, that, that Kiwis are obsessed with houses. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it shows that the majority of the housing costs or the costs that we have as Kiwis are, is going to housing. And so, again, that puts challenges on other areas of living, right, like in terms of utilities or bills mm -hmm. or uh, cost of living or food and so on. And so, again, uh, we don't want to destroy that Kiwi dream. We, you know, we, we want to move people along that, that continuum or that stick or that, that process of, of housing. Um, but, but if right now, this is not the market or the process that's going to benefit first home buyers. It's mm -hmm. not the market that's going to benefit uh, a prospective um, buyer who's in long-term rental to move them into a first home. So, so this is not a good market for them. And, and the fact that we have so much debt invested in housing means that, uh, that so much of Kiwi wealth is invested in this area that um, doesn't create the greatest gains Mm -hmm. um, regardless of the market. So it's, 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 a cha it's challenging on that end. And we really feel for prospective first home buyers and for yes. those in rental accommodation because those costs have just gone crazy um, over the last mm. um, five to 10 years, you know? And so yeah. again, there's just problems right across that process. Mm. I saw a stat in the report that said that house prices have, have doubled in Palmerston North since 2017. 
mm. which is just crazy. Yeah, yeah and, and I think it just, and it just shows the market's gone out of control. Eh? Yeah. And I think, you know, mm. you've got land banking, you've got uh, investors, property investors, developers. Mm. And so, look, it just shows, again, that, that many are benefiting from this market. Uh, but at the same, at the, in the same token, uh, it does lock out a lot of Kiwis from getting into the into the, the, mm. the into the market into into buying their first home and so on and so again, we 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 acknowledge those issues and what we really want to push for in terms of these chapter of of this um, housing chapter is we need to move people along the continuum. Yes. Hey, if you want to stay in rental long term, all good, go hard, do your thing. Yeah. But if you want to move into a into a home ownership and get in a, and establish your whānau and, and get some stability there, then what are the processes? If you want to move from from a long term uh, social house into uh, pro- home ownership, what's the process there? We that's the army's advocacy is to try mm-hmm. and shift people along that process. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to be hard to fully fully thrive if you're always in these temporary housing situations, right? Like you want to be able to yeah, have a yeah. stable environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the housing is, is central to so much mm. of other material well-being. Eh? Like when you've mm. got a, uh, you're established, if you've got a house, if you're owning your own home, yeah, they, obviously there's challenges, but you're establishing that community, you're building those links, you've got a wealth, base that you can you know hopefully grow mm. uh, you you've got it is connected to your other forms of emotional and food well-being and that's what the research shows and so it is pivotal um and i think central to the well-being of people uh, in terms of the material well-being of people so we really want good warm safe affordable housing uh, that is the right fit for families Absolutely. And what what's the Salvation Army doing? Obviously, you, you mentioned earlier about um, we have social housing, emergency housing, transitional housing, and that looks after the material well-being of people. But what what makes us different is that we can we look out for the spiritual well-being of people as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the army's heavily involved in the housing game, and, and as you've mentioned, we were involved in, in in that spectrum. We've been involved in the progressive home ownership scheme area as well, like encouraging, challenging government to push home ownership for first home buyers. Mm. And so we've been involved in that, in a, 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 and we actually started off the campaign several years ago to push that. But but a lot of the um, most of the army's work has been on that sharper end of the continuum, and as you mentioned, transitional housing, emergency housing, sustaining tenancies, and so on. I think this is wonderful, but I think again, um, you know, the army is a church before it's a social service agency, mm-hmm. and so I think the fact that we can wrap around social services as well as pathways to the cross, as well as as, as provide this kind of other holistic support um, and, and, and church and, and uh, support from our core yeah. and churches and and have chaplains in our um, in our social housing developments and have access to family stores and I think the army is placed better than most churches Christian churches in the world to be able to not just be the hands and feet of Christ but more so be the mouthpiece of Christ and actually share about the transformation that comes through uh, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, again, uh, I think the Army is doing some great work, some hard work, 
in that space because these are high needs, complex families and people mm-hmm. often. Uh, but uh, I think the army is doing some wonderful work in the front line, trying to address all the material needs and and, and health needs, emotional needs that are connected, uh, but that we can continue to provide uh, that unique point of difference, which is Christ. Hey, that's what the mission of the army is by God's power. And I think that's a, a wonderful thing to see. That's right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ronji. Really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up the uh, episode? I guess um, as much as um, our numbers can be quite dark, or you know, and, and often the truth can be quite challenging when you're looking at the numbers, mm. I think you know, as Christians, we've got to work out what keeps us hopeful. And obviously, there is a transformation that comes from Christ and hope in Him. But I think there's other things that we need to continue to be hopeful for in terms of the fact that we are involved in this space and that we're pushing to get some real uh, change and shift in how law and policy is done, that we're meeting real immediate needs around homelessness and and rough sleeping and so on. So uh, I guess um, we got to stay hopeful in these things, I think, Julia, and and, um, and, and the numbers can, can depress us sometimes, and often it does to me. Uh, but actually, we've got to work out, okay, what are the things that keep us going in this work? And I keep coming back to the mission of this church to care for people, transform lives, reform society by God's power. And that's what brings hope. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. And if anyone listening is interested in reading uh, the full State of the Nation report, I will leave a link to that uh, in the show notes and the description of the podcast as well. So thanks again, Ronji. Cool. God bless you. Take care, everyone. Thanks.